SNL with Kristen Wiig is over, but we're just getting started here on SNL, the post-show recap here on post-show recaps. And now, here are the two guys who are ready to enjoy the fifth Thanksgiving this week. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. It's been a good, exciting week, and it's good to be back. Very exciting. And we're going to talk about what's going on here with Kristen Wiig, her second time hosting last night, November 19th, plus the musical stylings of the XX with James Keast all here on our SNL post show recap. And Rich, I just feel like at the top of the show, what I'd like to do is just sort of reset our mission statement here on the SNL post show recap. Yes. And what I'd like to say is that you and I are, but two men and then uh, James Keast is another great guy who is uh, going to talk about music on Saturday Night Live. And we are here to talk about the comedy of Saturday Night Live to try to uh, not give our political opinions of what SNL is doing. Just uh, I just want to be upfront about that, that this is not a podcast about um, people uh, trying to guess what our political leanings are. And and as we've you know, the thing that I love about doing this podcast is unlike politics and, and many other issues, the thing about comedy is. You're not wrong. If you thought a sketch was funny, you're right. If you thought a sketch was unfunny, you're right. So these are just two guys given their opinions, given some context. But you know what? You can agree. You can disagree. Nothing's going to we're not going to affect the world. Nothing's going to change what comes out of this. We're just having some fun. Yeah. If we say something is funny, it does not mean that a sketch necessarily represented our political views. And if we didn't like a sketch, it doesn't mean that it is any reflection. We're just just talking about what was funny and what wasn't. And I think and I think for you and I, at least I know as as sellouts, I would always rather see a very funny sketch that was completely off my own political opinions or my moral opinions or my uh, almost any opinion. But if it's funny, it's funny much more than an unfunny sketch that that's that continues that that is in the same alignment as me. So we're basically it's not that it's not that I'm a pillar of the community. I'm just a comedy whore. So we're here to just just be comedy whores for 60 minutes. Yeah. And I read an interview with Michael Che. I believe it was on the AV Club uh, this week where he was actually talking about uh, this issue. And he says that, you know, he he uh, talked about a point which I was discussing last week about Saturday Night Live not being a liberal comedy show, but a show that airs in all 50 states uh, and a show that is a national comedy show. And, you know, he sort of reset the viewpoint of the show that it is looking to be a show for all viewpoints of comedy and of politics. Okay. Yep. All All right. So let's get into this because uh, this was a sketch that uh, the I guess the president elect did not think was funny. So we know what his viewpoint was. But let's talk about uh, whether we thought the cold open was a funny sketch or not of Donald Trump interviewing different people and getting his cabinet ready. OK, well, let me just let me just reset for myself. Big, beautiful boobs and buildings, big, beautiful boobs and buildings, big, beautiful boobs and buildings. OK, 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 I'm good. Uh, yeah, uh, this was this was freaking great this is i mean first of all this wasn't a sketch this was like this was like four solid mini sketches i mean there were so many different you know i think last week we talked about that they weren't ready to uh make fun of the reality of of you know the election so i almost feel like we have two weeks of sort of pent up comedy showing itself we had so many different moments here that i thought was great um i love the way they take the you know mikey day comes in as general dumb lack uh, and i love his approach of like hey we've been having a lot of problems with isis we hear you have a fantastic plan we hear it's tremendous we can't wait to hear it it was just just like that premise was so beautiful forgetting politics that comedy presence pre, uh, premise that the head of joint chiefs of staff would be like great this this new president says he's got a solution it must be perfect it was just so beautiful and then that run of him googling what is isis and siri how do i kill isis was just a, a beautiful start to this i thought it was that it just so much of this was really great yeah i really like this premise a lot too rich because i i had been complaining during the uh first couple of cold opens of the season where i felt like where it was just like sort of like uh note for note you know, stuff from the debates. And again, that same sort of setup that there was no original ideas here. 
at least this was an interesting premise and they came in with an idea, whether you agree with it or not, that, oh, that this would be a sketch about the president elect being overwhelmed, trying to deliver on things that he promised on the campaign trail. And they executed on that. And I really do applaud that it was a very clean idea and they really did go for it. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. The, you know, uh, Bobby Moynihan showing up talking about wanting all the jobs back. And hey, if you can build a 2000 mile wall, you can get all our jobs back. And, you know, like, how, how long was that? Well, is that an American miles? It was just great. A lot of fun stuff. I thought it was really good. And then, you know, Kelly and Conway, uh, you know, uh, says that Mitt Romney is here. Yes. And very excited to see the first of our cameos, which was Sudeikis showing up to reprise his Romney role. And and uh, I loved this. I thought that that handshake went on for so long and it was so awkward. And I got to remember, this is live television <laughs> and these two guys just milk it and milk it and milk it not even with huge laughs at first and it's just and so ultimately when he went when, when romney says you know well this isn't gonna work is it and like nope not at all it was just such a great laugh i sometimes think the best cameos are like i'm coming in one big laugh and then i'm out and that's it i flew all the way across the country i got into makeup i was here all night just to get one laugh and then walk off stage it was freaking brilliant that another beautiful piece yeah that was great and then we end with pence coming in and uh trump saying that he wants to potentially uh uh keep a, a couple different things uh he was going to uh not deport people and keep obamacare Scrap uh, it. Not, yeah, not do it. scrap it not yeah. uh prosecute yeah. hillary and then ultimately, uh, we also asked him about uh, how was Hamilton, uh, which was uh, very funny. Were you surprised that they didn't do more stuff with Hamilton? There's also a joke during Weekend Update. I know the whole thing really blew up on Saturday, which is very late in the game. Yeah. No, I, I think it was right. I mean, you know, I expected there would be a weekend update joke. I loved the weekend update joke. I thought it was the perfect pin. Uh, I thought any more th th there wasn't enough sort of legs to make it something unless Lin-Manuel Miranda was going to come back uh, again. I know he tweeted about it. But uh, other than that, it was like, all right, let's move on. I thought it was just perfect. Yeah. All right. So we had also talked about last week about Alec Baldwin and there was some sort of question about would he be doing Donald Trump anymore or be back for the rest of the season? So, Rich, do we have any answers on that yet? We don't. I haven't seen anything. Now, I will admit that I had been very unplugged from SNL this week. By the way, thank you to everyone who engaged us on Twitter. I did not reply. I was very distracted by other stuff. So I haven't read anything, but no, I don't think so. And I will say there was a moment in the good nights where uh, between him and uh, and Kate McKinnon, where you could read it as sort of a final goodbye. I, I don't know anything and I'm, I'm not even sort of planting a flag on this, but I did wonder, like, was it like okay, well, let me come back and sort of put a sort of do a final Trump or are we going to see him on the third? I, I, I certainly don't know. As we talked about last week, I very much doubt we'll see him going into January. But I, I think uh, I, I think he'll probably be back in December. Well, just interestingly, that after Donald Trump and I'm sure most people listening to this podcast know about this, you know, he tweeted about how he was very uh, he did not like the he saw parts of SNL. He thought it was uh, very biased. I don't have his exact quote in front of me, but he also felt like what happened to equal time? He thought it was very unfair. Um, I thought that they actually uh, did have a particularly biting sketch about the liberals, uh, which we'll get to coming up in a yeah. little bit. Alec Baldwin responded in a series of tweets to Donald Trump, talked about how um, he feels like uh, what Donald Trump should be doing. But basically, he ended by saying if uh, Donald Trump wants to talk to Alec Baldwin. He'll be at SNL. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like that he is uh, very much uh, on board for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And hey, Alec Baldwin showing up to the good nights because obviously he's listening to this podcast and I have an amazing and mighty power. Uh, but just great. Great that he's there because it, it really sort of feels like it closes the show out. Right. Um, and before we move past the cold open, I got to say the MVP in this whole thing. I mean, Alec Baldwin is tremendous. Great to see Mitt Romney. But how about Kate McKinnon? That little runner they did with, with, with her was so beautiful. They've now pivoted the caricature of the of the woman 
woman to go from I'm the mouthpiece to the character. The premise is now I can't believe what I've done. And uh, and her runners at one point she comes in and she's wiping stuff off. And, and he's like, oh, is there something on your shoulders? And she goes, yeah all of this and it was just <laughs> yeah. beautiful so well done so yeah what do you I need a time how machine many different right. pieces. yeah yeah everything about it was great so uh so loved it loved it loved it okay so rich let's get to Kristen wig and her monologue and it went in a couple of different directions i really thought that she was going to be doing a bit which i thought was kind of brilliant where she was never actually gonna start singing the song where I thought that that was very fun where she asked for the ukulele and then she asked yep. for the other for the like double uh, handled guitar and then she got for the ukulele back and I thought that that was a really fun thing that she was doing but then she did begin to sing and she sang a Thanksgiving song of uh with a bunch of incorrect facts Rich what did you think of the song first before we get to the cameos um, you know what? I say I liked it more than it potentially deserved to be liked. Um, I really liked the beginning with the ukulele and the double neck guitar, as you said. I'm actually glad that once we sort of saw the saw the rhythm of it and it started to get a little repetitive that we moved past it. Um, there's no, you know, with these kinds of super uber silly songs, you live and die by the quality of the writing. I don't even know that I would say that was necessarily even an execution that anyone was particularly good or bad. I think you just sort of died lived lived and died by the silliness of it um i just liked it and and i don't know that it was uh anything special and yet i just everything about it there was so many little just moments that i wouldn't say i'm gonna sort of post this on on facebook to say how funny it was um but there's just so many lines uh, you know and so many little things even to the point when they get to they got to the you know the 1492 and they bring out nina pinta santa and maria and there's uh i i think it was colin joe's justice Santa like and no other reference to it like it was just a great little joke that was just just a drive by and then they kept going uh, so I thought in general uh, we'll talk about the cameos but I, I thought in general it was a absolute deserving monologue not uh, in the Hall of Fame not something that we're going to go back and watch again but energy wise and, and fun wise a, a really fun way to start off the episode I was not as high on it I called it um Garth and Cat the musical in my notes. Mm. Uh, by the time we got to third Thanksgiving, I was at Oh Boy, and I really uh, was very happy when we got to the cameos because I I wanted this to end, Rich. Wow. All right. Well, I was more forgiving than you. I definitely was. Uh, I was digging it more <laughs> than you were. And then, okay, so Steve Martin first uh, shows up. Uh, I, I googled this. Uh, Steve Martin, seventy one. The best and just the best, just so silly and so, so smart and so silly at the same time, uh, being very broad here. Usually when Steve Martin does a cameo, he's usually the voice of reason as his character here. He was the goofy, uh, pot smoking hippie, uh, (laughs) but just so fun to have him back. So great. And then uh, Will Forte uh, shows up and then I feel like that they wasted Will Forte if this was all they were going to use him for here tonight. Yeah, I mean, Forte, you know, the thing, so, and again, I, I will admit to as a comedy nerd, I kept doing cameo math, which was cold open, Sudeikis walks out, and I think, are we going to get two a-holes, which we ultimately don't get. Forte shows up, and I go, okay, Forte, wig, blah, 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 Jilly. Maybe we're going to get a Jilly, because he was the Jilly, which I was actually bummed we did not get, just because I thought and I was, was thinking MacGruber. That's true. They could have done a grouper together. You're right. So uh, so I would, you know, I was bummed that we didn't get to see those those sort of reprisals. Um, but and and certainly Forte did not do much. I thought the funniest thing was something that I'm pretty sure he had lived, which is when he came out, he went less applause than Steve Martin. I'm going to remember that. And I just thought that was beautiful. And then the whole I'm friends with Steve. No, he's not. Was <laughs> not particularly hilarious. It was fine, but it was it, it was for me probably nothing special. Um, so, you know, but overall, I thought I, I, I thought it was just a again, it added to the it didn't necessarily add to the comedy, but it added to the fun energy of the night. And then they brought up the idea of the Facebook fake news, which, OK, I thought, OK, that that's funny. That sort of is like explains what's going on here. But other than it just being sort of like a throwaway line, 
I felt like that they didn't really turn that into sort of the overarching theme of the sketch. So it just seemed like there was no point. I I do. I I absolutely agree that watching it when they brought up the fake news sites, I went, oh, okay, that's the through line of this whole thing. And then they just sort of moved off. I would suspect if we could, you know, if we could interview a writer, they would say, no, 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 that was our sort of spirit animal of this that you we wanted you to sort of take that as a even though it was a throwaway that that was the underpinnings of it but it it went by so fast it got lost and it was also a little bit money muddy the way it was done so i agree okay um Anything else from the cold open, Rich? Uh, I just would say, you know, Kristen Wiig in general, sort of seeing her here, I felt like, you know, we saw her host uh, for the first time two seasons ago. Um, I thought when she hosted last time, it really felt like she was still a cast member. And I felt like just her presence and her maturity, especially sort of coming out and doing jokes in the monologue, it felt like she was truly an alum. Um, Also, I will say in the monologue, very surprised that we did not have any kind of Ghostbusters uh, call out reunion not even a mention three of the of the four ghostbusters were in the room uh she did sketches with you know with the two you know with with both of them and yet there was no call out there so i thought that was surprising okay um i didn't mention it at the top of getting started but if you have questions uh hashtag ps recaps uh for us for you guys here live during the show and then also in the chat room scott st pierre standing by we'll take your questions at the end of the show and of course if you want to subscribe to the saturday night live post show recap you could do so on iTunes, postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. All right. So let's talk about the sketch, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was uh, the equal time uh, sketch where they did a sketch about a, uh, I don't know if this was sort of like a, either a movie ad or sort of like a tourism attraction for the bubble rich, the place where the liberals can go live as if the election had never happened. Yeah, I thought this was a very funny 45 second pre-tape baked inside of a three minute pre-tape. <laughs> um, uh, uh, some the idea of it and some of the some of the jokes along the way were tremendous. Uh, you know, I am partially, uh, you know, the people that are being made fun of and I love it. Um, but it was one of those once we established the premise uh, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to make fun of hybrid cars. We're going to make fun of, uh, you know, uh, you know, man buns. It was just I kind of felt like at a certain point, I, the well-meaning amateur could have like if, if you handed me the 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 script for the first half of the sketch and I am not a comedy writer, I could have finished the second half of the sketch. Uh, so I don't know uh, that it was great, but there were definitely a lot of giggles along the way. That's fair. I, you know, I really I, I didn't think of uh, that part of it, but you're right. It was sort of like all of the sort of uh, bullet points that you would hit in that sketch. But I did like how uh, they did shine a light on the idea of, you know, it's for, you know, people, a, a variety of different viewpoints. Uh, but yeah. it better be the same viewpoint. Otherwise, there's going to be an intolerance for that as well. Yeah, I did. And I like that. And I liked at the end when they're sort of summing up the bubble and they're like, it's Brooklyn in a bubble, which I thought it was a very cute sort of button to it. Uh, a couple of different. I don't remember the exact sketch, Rich, but I feel like that SNL has done this before, sort of the making fun of Brooklyn as a borough. Um, I, and I, I don't remember. I feel like that there's been a couple of pre-tapes where I feel like that they've done basically this exact uh, that that exact part of the sketch. Yeah, I mean, we've made fun of, I want to say, Kevin the Hart. I'm Cafe probably wrong. Also, that, uh, with the, yes, um, the, with yeah, the, yeah, with the birds. And I think there was Kevin Hart, the pre-tape. I, 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 someone in the chat room will correct me about uh, about looking for the right mayonnaise shop or something uh, that I remember sort of being very funny. <laughs> yeah, do, so, right, do the right thing parody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like absolutely. They, they've, they've, they've done a couple of those that, that have been very funny. So anyone who's looking for equal time, it, clearly they, they, uh, they know how to give it to the uh, smug, uh, you know, white, white people, which I, I think they do great jobs at. Yeah. I also liked uh, they had the money with Bernie Sanders on it, which I thought was funny. Yeah. I also like that the uh, units are available starting at one point nine million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that they don't have any fire or police because they couldn't convince any cops to come into the bubble. <laughs> it was very, very cute. And there was something about sort of, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and uh, Sashira gives gives, uh, you know, gives Kyle a look like, oh, boy, it was, it was mm-hmm. very cute. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go into our first live sketch after the monologue. And Rich, it's Game Show Network Secret Word. And again, I think we're really leaning heavily on like this is what two weeks in a row that we have sort of like oh we're you're watching Game Show Network. Um, yeah. Probably you should fault the one from last week more than this one because I think that this has always had that bumper on it on Secret Word. Yeah, and I and you know Secret Word is something that they did to death when Kristen Wiig was a cast member. So the fact that I, I will also say as sort of an overall thought, what I did like about this episode, and there was there's a lot of stuff like, a lot of stuff not to like, but that we didn't do any of the sketches that she did when she came back and hosted in season 39 or season 40. So uh, season, season 38, I'm sorry. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. Um, so so I like that. And so we have not seen Mindy Grayson since she was a cast member. I think this was done on her last episode uh, as a cast member. Um, again, doing the comedy math, I was very excited because when Keenan comes out, I immediately know, OK, Bill Hader is not in the building to do his character, Lyle, as the host. So if he's not in the building, that means there's not going to be a Californian oh. so I can relax. <laughs> so I loved this sketch just because I knew we were going to have a Californians free evening. Uh, so we're very happy about that. Um, you know, the, and this is when they first did secret word back in, I think it was done in the 1975 kickoff season of SNL. That's how, that's how many times I've seen secret word. The first, I liked this sketch the first 17 times I saw it. And then it was so mad Libby that I just was just so infuriated by it. But Having now not seen it, I'm not surprised by anything, but I just love her. I mean, I'm just we're just watching her and her everything about it that the tongue she's like when she does her tongue twister warm up, which uh, Tanya told the teacher that the preacher didn't touch her. The preacher told the teacher that he simply couldn't reach her. And I was like, yes, I'm absolutely in. She does her stupid monologue from her stupid movie. And then she goes, the New York Times said bad. And it's just so great. So everything about this, we We've seen it a million times. It's so stupid. Um, but I just thought it was really it was just it was fun to see her back doing this again. I don't know that the rest of the sketch held up. W- w- normally, when we've seen these, the other side of the of the uh, aisle has some really fun stuff uh, with no disrespect to Cecily Strong. I don't know that we had that here. Um, but for me, this was certainly a fun fun to have her back. And now we can put her back in the closet and, and not do Mindy Grayson for another six years. Yes, I've never been a secret word fan. I thought this was fine. You know, I didn't really bum me out. It was uh, exceeded my expectations because uh, I never was into this sketch. Uh, There was some some fun stuff. Also, Uh, the Bill Hader cameo, uh, which obviously he wasn't there, but we did get to hear him on the phone, uh, which was fun. And then Keenan has really become other than, uh, you know, Beck Bennett hosting. Why is Benedict Cumberbatch good looking? And Keenan is now uh, so just cemented in as the game show host in any sketch. Yeah, really taken from uh, from uh, from from Bill Hader, who was the king of that, because, I mean, Keenan is basically playing the bartender from Donnelly's last week as the game show host that just the he is the the, the, Keenan does nothing better than annoyed and yet also resigned it's like Mindy don't say the secret word don't say the secret word like really funny even in the beginning when he talked about Grant showed how he's like the first you know it's supposed to be in 63 he's like I'm the first black game show host I think because I auditioned over the phone I thought that was just like and he just hit that so well so so a uh, l- lot of funny is a lot of people in the chat room are saying the the whole uh, when the secret word was floral and she's talking Great about, joke. you know, you know, saying hello to the director's pink friend and uh, all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, oh, it was oral. Sorry. Just I didn't know exactly where that was going. It was just really great. All right, uh, Rich, let's talk about the Anderson Cooper 360 again. Uh, second appearance of Anderson Cooper here yeah. in uh, season 42. And we got. A, a sketch where, uh, you know, just a series of headlines and then uh, we just run through the same reactions 
over and over and over again. And ultimately, we get a, a great twist reveal that the CNN anchors are Westworld hosts. Yeah, I thought this I would say I was really like, uh, like at first it started out funny. And then I sort of I had the, uh, you know, sort of I, I could see the boy rounding Rockefeller Center, you know, down Sixth Avenue. And yet they started to hit this pattern and not knowing exactly where it was going. I just had such an and again, this is about performance as such an appreciation for you're going for something. I don't know what you're going for. This is live TV and you're just fully committed to something that the audience is not yet on board for because we don't know where you're going. Just bravo to them. I just thought knowing what they were, they were ultimately going to land such great performance. I wasn't necessarily laughing during it. I was more like, what is this? What are we doing here? But then when they ultimately did hit, it was like, oh, the payoff was worth the trip down the road. It was such a great payoff. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, it made the whole trip there well worth it. Yeah, and I agree. And I thought the performance was really great. I like yep. everybody, you know, just sort of like going like faster and faster and faster. And then uh, what a what a great joke. And, uh, you know, what a, you know, a, a hard hit on the, you know, cable news, which yep. I feel like uh, is re really um it was just uh, it was smart and it was also like, uh, yeah, like they really did like uh, hit them with a very strong note. Yeah. And I love the little nuance of everyone saying the exact same thing, except for Kristen Wiig, who keeps referencing the last story as a, I mean, it's not blah, blah, blah. Like it's just so just beautiful nuances. And then that hit I just thought was great. Just so funny. Yeah, and it turns out to be a Westworld commercial. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. Uh, shades of the uh, Tostino's uh, pizza rolls yes. being the X-Files commercial as well. Yes, yeah. So I thought, yeah, a long way to basically make one joke. And I don't know that I would say it was like four-star comedy the whole way. But uh, I love that these kinds of sketches are within the body of SNL because it just was so fun. Such a great sort of take and such a great put down that you couldn't have made almost any other way. So I, I, I love it. I thought it was great. Okay. Rich, uh, then we got a commercial for the, uh, for target here. Yes. Uh, I said, uh Oh, uh, here we go. Target lady. Well, once it was, I mean, we had target lady, uh, in season 38 when she came back and we've never seen target lady in a pre-tape. So when it starts as a pre-tape, I thought probably not the target lady. And if it is, I'll be okay with it because to see her in a pre-tape could be interesting. I didn't know what they were going to do. Um, I, I wonder, and I think I saw, I also read this online if this was actually a, one of their product placement pieces. Uh, I wonder if target actually paid for this because there was actually no jokes at the expense of target in the entire thing. It was a, it was a, we'll talk about the sketch in a second, but if you, if you look at it, it was really using target as a, way to talk about how stressful it is coming home to see your family, especially given the election. Uh, and so uh, and I thought it was funny, but I do wonder if it was a because ultimately it was a very pro target uh, way of approaching it. Uh, but I, of course, have no proof that that's true. That's really interesting. And again, something that I wasn't thinking of, just like uh, with the Burger King sketch uh, a couple of weeks back. And so yep. this the idea of that the Target parking lot is going to be empty on Thanksgiving, I feel like does like sort of like fly in the face of, you know, Black Friday shopping line up at Target so you can go in and get the great Black Friday deals also. Although I didn't get that sense because they, I think they sort of set it up that before Thanksgiving. And I think that, you know, th I don't think there's any uh, sort of idea that on Thanksgiving Day, it's going to be super crowded, although I know what you mean. But I think sort of like and I think the guys are saying, uh, Will is saying like the you were saying the Burger King sketch, which we, I, we also think was product placement, that like it wasn't pro Burger King, but it wasn't it wasn't taking shots at Burger King. So that's why I suspect it might have been. Did you like the sketch overall, Rich? Uh, you know, 
I liked it. I, I liked the premise of it more than I liked the execution of it. I thought it was cute. Uh, I didn't dislike it. Uh, but I don't know that I ever really laughed out loud. Uh, I think the only thing that just made me laugh was the randomness of, uh, of her just randomly typing in uh, numbers into her calculator. For some reason, that really <laughs> just made me laugh like whatever. Um, but I thought it was, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. I liked, uh, she can put her seat up and down. <laughs> yeah 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 i think there was something where she was texting someone to just say i just can't deal with my family or something that was very funny mm-hmm. um yeah. i i like mark in the chat room is shouting out it would have been beautiful he says to just have Kristen in the background as a cashier i totally agree what a fun little moment that would have been it is a wide shot and having her target lady just ringing things up in the background it just seems like such a missed opportunity you have Kristen wig you have target it just seems like you know, why couldn't it have been a Best Buy parking lot or, you know, any other store? It just seems so right. weird. Yes. And again, I, I think that probably speaks to the product placement of it. Um, so again, I would say for me, like the bubble, I think our pre-tapes this week were fine. Nothing was bad, but nothing that I would be compelled to watch a second time. Or if one of my coworkers was asking me about sketches, I would not have suggest either of these sketches to go back and watch. They, they were what they were. Okay. So let's get to the QVC audition video where we had Cecily and Kristen Wiig, both as competing friends who were trying to get a guest spot hosting on QVC. Uh boy. Uh, I was in early. I I wanted to like it. I thought this was going to be fun. Uh and f- except for one small piece, I was I was like I'll go with you and it sort of went off the rails and I know that was the point. Um but they never quite got me back. I I and I think the more that this heightened intentionally heightened the more that they lost me uh to the point where i was kind of just looking at the clock and just and the I, the performances here especially Kristen wig was excellent but it 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 did not save it for me i i i don't know what they were trying to sell but they sold me a huge assortment of a uh, boy <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Was I wrong? What did you think? I know. I know. I I agree. And uh, there were definitely like moments that were fun. I felt like at the point. Absolutely. At at the point at the point where Cecily ends up like coming in the window. But then it got to the point where Cecily is sort of like doing the character that she does, which is like uh, a lot of different people of sort of like the woman who's like a homeless person. Yeah. She started to go there a little bit. And, uh, you know, there were some fun moments with the with the husbands also. Uh, and then she had a gun. But, uh, yeah, you're right that there's not a lot of there there. Now, I will say and again, I'm not breaking any new ground. Let us take a moment. And if for some reason you haven't seen this sketch, don't watch it. But if you're compelled to watch it. Bobby Moynihan walking off camera when his wife yells at him, the look he gives the camera as he scurries off stage is Emmy worthy. It was he is the genius of the wide eye reaction. Just beautiful. If I can give if anyone can gift that for me, it was just just the most beautiful piece of of throwaway comedy acting. Just it was beautiful. And so as I often say, and I will say it again uh, after update that just Bobby can do more with a look than than some people can do in in an entire sketch. Okay, Rich, uh, let's get into talking about the music from this week with uh, the XX and James Keast is here. James, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Oh, very good. good. Very good. Ready to uh, get X'd. I need some explaining, James. I did some XX explaining. auditioning to be the dance band in Pretty in Pink because I, I, I felt like they were trying to time warp into an old John Hughes movie. Uh, they certainly would have fit uh, in in every way, musically, visually, uh, haircut wise. Yeah, 
But what, what, tell me if they were good or not. <laughs> I, I'm so interested. To, well, and I'll say this, just James told us about the XX last week. I listened on Apple Music and I appreciate it and I could not listen to it. It was so I couldn't listen to it. And then tonight or last night, I was like, oh, this is better than me listening to it on Apple Music. So I... I was I was pleasantly surprised, but I felt like I don't quite know what I'm listening to. Uh, well, you're listening to uh, the sound of the late 1980s, really. Um, I mean, and I am I was curious, mostly coming on tonight to ask you guys what you thought, because I do like the band and I enjoy what they do. But watching both songs tonight, I thought, is anyone that doesn't know this band going to remember this tomorrow? Like there was seemingly very little like it was i i mean i i'm already a fan so i was on board but uh I, there was, seemed to be very little to distinguish it from a whole lot else out there and and if you didn't know the band was there anything about it that you would either that you really liked or that you latched on to yeah i would agree with you i mean it sounded good but as i said to you because they were so sort of uh quiet and still i became very obsessed with the guy in the back just doing a lot of tapping there was just a lot of a lot of tapping going on and i was just like what is he tapping what is what is going on back there which is probably not what you want the audience to be thinking during a song um, well, you know, I always like to watch drummers and some people like to watch DJs, uh, in a live setting. It's always a question what, uh, so that's Jamie XX, also known as Jamie Smith. Um, and he is the DJ slash programmer slash producer, uh, in the band. Uh, but it's always a question what, what anybody's doing live, uh, in, in that context, so that could range from he's not doing anything and and all the tapping is nothing's turned on and they're playing a, a a backing track to he could be you know triggering samples or uh you know creating loops live or uh and it's always very difficult to tell because pretending looks very much like doing in this case <laughs> can that be the name of your next uh, novel that you write <laughs> That's pretty much how I live my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, James, is this band that you say they have a sound from the 1980s, or is this going to sort of popularize that style with the millennials, or is this intended for people from Gen XX? Uh, this is already a very, very popular sound with the millennials who uh, are firmly uh in the in the belief that they invented it ah uh, so ah. uh so they they're very excited they think this is new and fresh and exciting so uh yeah they, this has been going on for at least uh probably two and a half or three years that this is uh is a very very prominent uh sound okay all right uh so our next live show is emma stone who's the musical guest james who is the musical guest? Sean Mendez. A- oh, Mendez. might open. I, th- I thought he might have been the musical guest for the season premiere. Uh, yeah, well, that's exciting. I I don't really know a whole lot about Sean Mendez, uh, but uh, that'll be fun to see him. Okay, we've got thirteen days in Apple Music. There you go. I could do it. All right, yeah. uh, James. Great job. Uh, you can follow James on Twitter. He's at exclaim editor. And uh, anything else, James? No, I'm all good. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Okay. Okay. All right. right, Take care. Bye. All right, Rich. uh, Let's get into talking about weekend update uh, from this week. And uh, so first off, uh, we had, uh, let's just talk about, uh, you know, the guys uh, were very fired up. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought this was, I think, probably better than last week as far as jokes go. And yet uh, I will say I didn't actually write down anything as a uh, uh, what I thought was sort of a notable joke. They did make me laugh a lot, but nothing that I wanted to pause and jot down. Um I, again, I think that the chase sensibility is a little bit harder for me on in this format than the Jost sensibility. Um, but they're both great guys. Uh, although Jost is responsible, at least in performance for that millipede joke, which I, I don't know what, I don't know. I think they, they, they went a long way to get to that. That was not necessarily great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I would say certainly, certainly a fine outing yeah. for the gentleman. The one, uh, Che 
run that I did like was when he talked about uh, Trump's promises to America were sort of like the things you say when you are going to be in a relationship uh, with someone. Yeah. And uh, yes. sort of you make a lot of promises. You say you're going to do a lot of things. And with the whole thing with the media that Trump was basically saying to America, like, uh, like, hey, baby, like, uh, stop listening to your dumb friends. Uh, don't listen to them. And now that yeah. the relationship is happening, you know, the thrill of the chase is over. And now, you know, she wants you to put together a cabinet. <laughs> you know, I thought that, yeah, that was yeah. a very, a very good it, yeah, joke. Yeah, it was very cute. <laughs> I, I will say, again, I am, and I apologize if I ever get a chance to, you know, Michael Che does a way better job than I could do. But I think that that run, if it was given to Colin Jost, would have been something that would have gone viral. Uh, and with Michael doing it, it was fun and it was funny. But it's I didn't even remember that it had happened. So I know I'm throwing shade unnecessarily on on a performer, but uh, I I thought it I thought he did a fine job, but not more than that. Uh, you said you liked the Hamilton joke from Colin Jost. Yeah, I I did I did like the idea about you know coming from Iowa and so that you know that people from come Iowa come to Broadway to find out that they are gay. I thought that was a beautiful joke. I, I and I've seen a lot of jokes about that on uh, online and that per, that I felt like uh, was was really really good. Okay, so Rich, then we had Pete Davidson in to talk about the election, and at least kudos to SNL for telling us what Pete Davidson was going to talk about, and then he talked about the thing that they said he was going to talk about so uh, let's get off on the right foot there uh pete davidson uh, normally does not deliver the political commentary but is talking about how he is very upset with his borough of staten island uh which was very pro-trump the only one of the five boroughs that really uh went heavy for trump and he talks about what that's going to be like with uh thanksgiving uh he mentioned about how uh, so he got into Kanye West. He talks about how he recently said that Hurricane Sandy should have finished the job. That, that Pete said that. So, yeah. So Pete Davidson is referring to he this is a true thing. He in an article he did for like Radar Online or somebody. I don't remember who uh, went on a rant about how much he hates Staten Island. And it was a very, very big deal in the world of Staten Island. Translation, not a big deal at all. So, uh, <laughs> to the point where other prominent, like Staten Island, uh, 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 you know, um, officials were like calling out Pete Davidson and are like, you're not funny. And you're like, so if you're Pete Davidson, this was a very big deal to the rest of us, not a big deal. But I, so he was, I think, in some ways, sort of calling out uh, that that uh, that was going on. Uh, and I thought there were some funny jokes in the fact that, you know, that uh, Staten Island was, was robot. Were predominantly Republican. Uh, there were some interesting jokes there. So I think he sort of had his uh, he was a little bit more. I, I thought it was great. Uh, I do think if you didn't know that was a story, you might not quite understand why Pete seemed a little bit more um, fired up about that mm -hmm. topic than he was, because the, in his world, there was a lot of backlash about it. Um, so but I liked it. I, th I thought it was very funny. And, and I thought he did. And again, because it wasn't this weird, he come on to say one thing and then we go into a another direction uh you know very uh you know it was very good it was always really good i thought he was a little ott by the end of it when he was talking about how thanksgiving dinner and he's going to be like uh you know uh hey grandpa and talking about like uh, hitler and uh you know I, I thought that that was probably especially coming from pete davidson i thought uh a, li a little too far uh, yeah, I, I thought it was it was probably not his best uh, best uh, piece because uh, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know that that's what he does as well. So I agree. OK, uh, was it Jay or Joe that had the joke about uh, Dwayne the Scissors Johnson? Oh, that was that was Che. And that was a beautiful joke. That was a really, really fantastic joke. Uh uh, I want to, I don't want to be redundant and repetitive. I, I think it was a little bit, um, peace was a little in the performance that it got swallowed a little bit, a little bit. Um, but he even called out like, I'm very proud of that joke or that was something like that. And I was like, yes, that, that was a great joke. Yeah. All right. So we, you said something nice about Michael Che, but now, uh, I guess, does he, is he guilty by association for his neighbor Willie showing up? <sighs> I, 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 here was the worst thing. Dumb rich in the, this setup, for whatever reason, as Che is setting it up, 
for some reason, I thought we were going to have Riblet. It just felt to me in the moment of <gasps> he's bringing on his friend from the neighborhood, Riblet. And I got so excited and talk about bait and switch. Oof. It was Willie back again. And uh, and I think this time the whole studio audience was on my side. I think uh, we were all in agreement. Nobody was buying what Willie had to sell uh, when he was talking about his dog, Lucius, uh, I think, uh, being trained, you know, pulling at the turkeys were pulling a train on Lucius. I was like, I, I would rather be Lucius right now. <laughs> I, I, I wanted this. And no disrespect for <laughs> Keenan. I just, this is, uh, boy, it was just so yeah. tough to get through. Even like, uh, oh, I remember on Thanksgiving, I used to watch football with my dad. And then uh, one day that I was watching OJ Simpson and my dad said, you know, one day I'm going to frame that man for murder. Uh, that, I mean, that's not even the character of Willie anymore, where everything bad have like, how was that something unfortunate that happened to Willie? Yeah. And it was also sort of usually it's sort of like, you know, something might be good, not be good. And then, you know what they always say? This was like he's drinking spicy tart cider from mm -hmm. the bedpan and then they just move on and uh Oh, oh man! I, <laughs> right. I, I guess all I can say is is SNL's Christmas present to me is we won't see Willie in December. So yes. hopefully we could move on. All right. So Rich, uh, then we'll talk about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Took a minute to get into what the joke was going to be here. I, I, I'm not sure why they felt like uh, we needed so much banter before we got to the balloons. Yeah, there was a lot of sort of I kind of knew what the joke would be only because during the bumper in between the commercial breaks, I saw the huge green screen. And so once we cut to the thing and they're saying they're going to watch the balloons, I was like, OK, well, I, I kind of guess where this is going to be. A lot of setup with the Beck Bennett character being more proud of his apartment. Uh, you know, because they don't have kids and the kids with people with kids don't care as much. Uh, so I thought it was sort of fine. Um, I thought that was distracting. I, I, that It's like the. That's what wasn't what the joke was going to be about in any way. And I don't know why we were establishing that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the joke of the sketch was never super clear. Sort of like, is it balloons that have come to life? Is it that balloons are specifically terrorizing these people? Um, I, I, I don't know that it was super clear. I thought it was some visuals, a couple of funny jokes, but um, I I don't know that I necessarily thought this was I, I this just wasn't clear to me and and I think uh, you know in comedy if, if the joke is not abundantly clear you you've got a lot more digging to do and I don't know that this I don't think it was bad for me but I definitely was sort of not sure where this was going and what the point was. Yeah, Will has a good point in the chat, uh, which I thought of myself, that uh, this sketch reminded me of the hotel one with the dead body underwater. I think that was the Kevin Hart episode, and it just feels yes. like it was the same sort of like, oh, honeymoon sweet, look at this. Oh, what a great view we have. And again, one of these like big green screen pieces with something happening inside the green screen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, you know, I liked that they went for it. I thought it was a very ambitious sketch. Um, so it was all fine. Uh, and again, I didn't at any point dislike the sketch. I just don't know that I ever particularly loved it. Yeah. And hopefully uh, Kristen Chenoweth is going to be OK. Yeah. And with all that production value, the Barbie doll of Kristen Chenoweth sort of became this throwaway, like very suddenly poor production value that kind of took me out of the moment, which was odd. OK. Rich, uh, Whiskers Are We are is back as well. Yeah. So again, this is another, you know, as we talked about last time, and I know that this is very sort of, uh, you know, inside baseball, but this is a classic last sketch of the night. We've done this. I think this is the fourth, fifth time uh, last season. Melissa McCarthy was uh, was the last person to be in the sketch, um, you know, and uh, and, and always. Up. Always so funny, uh, you know, and so it was weird, like we had the uh, Donnelly's, the Sheila Sauvage sketch with Barbara DeDrew also gets a, a nice little kickback and, and gets moved earlier in the slot. Uh, you know, this sketch is... 100% Mad Libs. If you've seen this sketch once, you've seen it a million times. There's nothing new. There's nothing different about it. And I can watch this sketch a million times. They deliver on the writing 
every single time. And it just, my wife and I were just laughing and laughing and laughing. And I just thought they did such an an amazing job of just with basically nothing, uh, just sort of the jokes that they're writing about the cats. So much of this just made me laugh. It was just great. Yeah, really fun stuff. And uh, it felt a couple times like maybe there was going to, they were about to break. Uh, They did a a good job of sort of getting through it. Uh, I liked the... Um, uh, when she's, uh, trying to, uh, pinch the cat, uh, that's that's a really, really good moment. Uh, any cat names jump out to you, Rich? You know, I didn't, I didn't remember specific cat names. I remembered specific cat jokes that they did. Uh, what I love about this sketch that is so hard to do is they both do, Look at how like getting comedy out of look at how corny our jokes are and then also get comedy from look at how insanely weird and creepy and inappropriate our jokes are. So I just, you know, you know I love that. Like when they said that one cat was into S&M, which was saucers of milk and peeing on her partner during sex. Like I, I, I love those sort of those pieces. Uh, I love the one cat that they said, if it looks like a ghost, he is. And the, <laughs> the whole run and the, the end was like, if she appears in your mirror, it's over. And so many of those jokes were really funny. What did you think of Bobby at the end? Mr. Majestical, once again, (laughs) my man Bobby, no lines, just twirls in and pirouettes as Mr. Majestical. And uh, just super funny, great energy, great performance. Uh, Just thought it was so funny and just such a great end and a nice little twist to Whiskers Are We. So uh, I loved and and the new character, you know, I love because it's always someone different that's in love with Barbara DeDrew. I love Kristen Wiig is the adult with the braces. I love that when she has like, how old are you? She's like, I don't know. We lost track of time in the bunker. (laughs) And then then, (laughs) the game McKinnon's like, I have a type. I thought that was really great. Um, and by the way, and I know this is a coincidence. At one point, uh, Kristen Wiig says something and Kate McKinnon's response is, oh boy. So I love, <laughs> I, I love that moment for me personally. It was just really fun. All right, Rich. And then the last sketch is surprise lady who I have to say, maybe I'm not the biggest Kate McKinnon fan in the world or sorry, the, the biggest uh, Kristen Wiig fan in the world because uh, I was not a surprise lady fan and uh, I probably was not a fan of this either. You know, I, I would say that I liked it more than you. I mean, again, I felt like, uh, I, you know, we've seen Sue, Aunt Sue and Sue uh, a number of times during the wig error uh, era. I, I don't know that this needed to be done again. I don't know. There was a lot of setup to this that was like uh, almost like we said, sort of bringing the church lady back and sort of doing the big drum roll to isn't it special? And then the audience going, what? Uh, I thought there was a lot of that. Uh, so I thought. But this this started off as kind of a uh, boy, but more of a tentative uh, boy. I will say for me that at the end, I thought that her performance saved it. I thought that the end of just her grabbing the turkey I off did the like pl- that. and throwing <laughs> it through and running out, I thought was hilarious. Uh, you know, so she did a great job with it. Um, I, you should have closed with Whiskers or We. Whiskers or We was so much funnier. Uh, so this was cute. Uh, this uh, again, as 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 the chat room is saying, uh, you know, given that you had, uh, you know, two alumni with her in, uh, you know, in the wings, we could have brought back, you know, Gilly. We could have brought back, as you said, uh, uh, um, uh, anyway, we could have brought back. I don't know that this is the thing we needed to bring back, um, but at least the ending had a real fun, a fun laugh for me. Do you remember when in the show the surprise lady used to be like, was it? typically right at the end and i wonder do you think that it was earlier in the rundown did they move it back i suspect so yeah i think even uh, i think that the surprise i think Sapsu was usually post update i couldn't tell you really where but i can tell you it was almost always a uh, post update maybe someone in the chat room remembers um but i do think that uh i think that probably they had it earlier you know probably post update but earlier because it's a callback character and i do think snl sometimes thinks the audiences remember these characters more than maybe a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe so I'm thinking you're right. It was probably, uh, you know, maybe right after update and based on audience reaction, they sort of, they sort of slid it. Um, so I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Uh, Rich, let's talk about the good nights and the goodbyes. What did you think? 
Uh, you know, no moat, a uh, lot of energy, a lot of fun. I think everyone really seemed to love Kristen Wiig. It's great when you have that many alumni up there. Uh, I love Steve Martin in a particularly hammy mood is sort of going, I have no one to hug. I have no one to hug. I thought that was very cute. Uh, you know, no sort of ghostbuster moment of every, uh, of the ladies up there. We had heard they became very good friends during the, sh- the, 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 the shooting of the movie. Um, but nice. I, I felt like, you know, I, I think that it was a good episode. Episode. I think there were some real uh, boys, but I think that the cast felt really good about it, that they really kind of uh, felt good going into their uh, Thanksgiving break. Like, OK, we came and we delivered and it was great having, uh, you know, Kristen back for the show. OK, Rich, let's get into some of these questions from the listeners. This is from Johnny D. Silvera, who was live tweeting the show last night. Were you too surprised? No Garth and Cat, no Californians. Any reason as to why uh, no more callbacks, I guess, as to why there weren't more? Well, I think that probably the simple answer is that Fred Armisen wasn't there and Bill Hader wasn't there. Yeah, and I do think that, uh, I, you know, I, my tendency to guess is that this was a decision that was made, I think, more by, if I had to guess, Kristen Wiig than by Lorne and company to say, hey, the last time I hosted, we did Target Lady, we did, uh, you know, we did Garth and Cat, we did, uh, uh, um, we did the Californians. Let's not make me just be the greatest hits. You know, I, I don't really feel like I need to close, you know, with the greatest hits every time. So let's mix it up. I, I think the next time we see her again uh we probably will see the californians i wouldn't be surprised if we did okay uh jonathan shapiro says is this entire episode and oh boy i mean i do think that this was sort of a polarizing episode where i think that many people at least on twitter were saying to me that they really uh, did not care for this episode maybe it was a case of high expectations of the alumni host I think so. And I feel like I could see, I mean, I I would say, you know, we just talked, we just ran through the whole rundown. And for the most part, I think we were all really uh, positive about it. I will say at the end of the night, especially coming after the Dave Chappelle episode, I think my wife and I were like, "Mm, okay good and that's hey if you can pull that off every week you're you're in a great position but i don't think that not only the hype of Kristen wig and the hype of alec baldwin being back i also think it just it was good but it wasn't as strong as last week so you, you i think we had a little bit of a of a letdown and you had at least two or three pieces that were just uh, boys which we haven't had in a bit even some of the more previous episodes that we thought were mixed everything kind of worked where here you had some big wins and i thought you had a couple of misses okay let's take another question from reality ralph who says rich how does haters phone in rate on your criteria for cameos we've oh this is a rarity funny, to have a phone in cameo. funny you should mention that ralph let's take a moment and and in my world of cameos this is an uh boy this <laughs> is a uh no come on bill uh no you don't call it he literally i mean talk about actors phoning it in he literally phoned it in in. Uh, and I, I definitely felt like this was very lazy. Uh, you didn't need it. And, and by the way, nobody would have missed him being there. So uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So what about him phoning in for another sketch after that? Would you have been okay with it? Oh, no, that would have been that would have multi. I would have been exponentially <laughs> upset by that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark in NYC, don't you think that the CNN sketch would have worked exactly as well as is without the Westworld reference? Uh, I don't think so. I think that uh, especially if you are a Westworld fan, I think that you really do. I think that that was a, a big laugh if you are familiar with that show, just in terms of like, wow, they come out and what the, what that looks like. So I think it was perfect. And I will say I've never seen an episode of Westworld. I know uh, only what people know from watching the trailers. I thought it worked really well for me. I The fact that they were robots for me was the joke. I had no reference to any specifics of Westworld. I love the idea that they were robots. And then the tag that was Westworld for me was like, Oh, I get it. Okay, because that's kind of what that show is. I think like uh, they're in Robot World or something like that. Uh, but it didn't like throw me of like, oh my god, I love this sketch, and now I'm lost because I don't watch the show. Uh, I think some people in the chat room did say that some other non-watchers were actually confused by it. I guess I knew enough about the show to know that you know some of them are human android robots or something like that. So it certainly, as a non-fan, did not bother me. But I, I, I got the the point of the joke was a shot at CNN, not a shot at Westworld. So it certainly. 
didn't bother me. And also in Westworld, a lot of the robots are malfunctioning. I think that that's also okay. part of it. So um, it. I, I do think that if you are familiar with the Westworld, uh, that joke played a lot better, but it was still it. Uh, a great joke either way. Uh, Got it. Rich, Emma Stone coming up in two weeks. Uh, this is what, the second or third time back? Third, from Emma Stone? third time for Ms. Stone, yes. When was the last one? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you in a second. It was season 37. So we're going back to 2011 uh, when she was there with Coldplay. Oh, okay. I, I think I probably, uh, did she show up in, in somebody else's uh, SNL? I remember her. Well, I don't remember. What I do remember is that she showed up for the 40th anniversary doing a probably regrettable Rosanna Rosanna Dana. Not her fault, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but I, I don't know that uh, I loved that uh, that run at all. Uh, yeah. So that I think that was the last time that we saw I feel her. like, yeah, I, I, that... Um Okay, let me let do a uh, Google before we get back to uh, in two weeks. All right, Rich, anything else? Yeah, you and she say? may have showed up. I'm not remembering any other. Uh, Andrew Garfield? Did she yes. show up for Andrew yes, Garfield? Does that ring a bell? I feel like that may, or maybe. Um, maybe she was there. All right, well, we'll get it straightened out by the time we come on in two weeks for Emma Stone. So. First of what three in a row in December? They'll go on. Yeah, the third, I think the 10th, we can. Yeah, I think we can. We almost always do third, tenth. Yeah, we'll do those three Saturdays, our Christmas episodes, sort of a, a, a long run with Christmas episodes. Okay, so uh, that's what's coming up here on the SNL post show recap. We'll be back uh, in two weeks. If you want to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. You could follow Rich on Twitter. He's at Rich Tack. I'm at Rob Sesternino. Uh, thanks to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes. Rich, anything else you want to say before we log off for today? Uh, no, looking forward to uh, looking forward to everyone commenting and let, we'll, we'll stay active during the two weeks and, and can't wait to talk about Emma Stone. Yeah, we love to get your comments on postshowrecaps.com. And of course, hope you enjoyed the show. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.